0: This reading of Dr. John Ferguson Smith's First World War Diary is sponsored by Objective Analysis Limited of Oxford. It is read by his grandson, Rory MacLeod. The sound engineer is his great-grandson, Henry MacLeod. Part 5. December 14th, 1914. I hear vague rumours that when the British advance in Belgium, we may be moved further up or even disbanded. I make distinct progress with research among the anaerobes, which stimulates Major H. and self to further efforts. I discover that Paris knows W. L. Scott, Archie Wilson, and other members of my year. Funny! that we should not have discovered this for so long. December 15th I hear further vague rumours of an impending advance. I am doubtful as to their credibility. Major Rogers, the lab attendant, is going tomorrow to London, so I will write a letter for him to take to Browning, asking for various things. I hear that no leave is being granted, so Rogers may consider himself lucky to be sent over on business. December 16th. The weather is dry but colder. The major and self institute the practice of taking from déjeuner to 3 p.m. daily as exercise time. Paris has a letter from Richards, who is back in his field ambulance and enjoying life, but not finding much to do. There are rumours tonight of the bombardment of Scarborough by the Germans. December 17th I hear full news of the bombardment of the English coast. It is very sickening that they should be able to do a thing of the sort and get off scot-free. One Alcock, a pathologist from the Pasteur Institute in Paris, turns up with news that he has been sent to 14 stationery. He is only a temporary lieutenant, but says he expects promotion. He seems very certain of everything, and does not seem to like Browning. I expect that the latter, on some occasion, tried to interrupt the steady flow of talk which Alcock regards as his prerogative. December 18th Major H. and Self discuss the bearing of Alcock's arrival on our future. He writes to Colonel Beveridge for a definition of the position. If no work is to be sent to us from the stationery in future, our occupation will, in the main, be gone. Major H may then ask to be transferred. If he is not, I may be. I get a letter from home mentioning the bombardment, which is very quick work. December 19th Sergeant Rogers returns from London today, bringing some valuable supplies, including animals. He brings some cultures from Browning, also some copies of a reprint of Browning, Mackey and Self's article on typhoid isolation by means of K2TE04, along with Brilliant Green. Our men beat an armoured trains crew at footer today. Jones and Compton played for us. Personally, I was rather busy, and disinclined to face the cold, so did not spectate. I hear that Thomas has got leave dated from this morning, but the message didn't reach him in time to let him leave today. It is very hard luck, this. I have not sent in an application myself, as I think I may need it more later on. December 20th. Sunday, and a magnificent day. I have a walk with Thomas, who has got his leave postponed, so that he can start tomorrow. December 21st, very wet again. Thomas set out for home. Captain Clark returns from a trip, with Busselby and Sheringham, from St. Omer, along the front from Cassel to Armentier. He was no nearer the trenches than seven miles, but saw many interesting sights. "'December 22nd. Fine day again. "'I hear that Captains Clark and Delacour are getting leave. "'I consider putting in an application after all. "'I knock off work early, 5.15pm, "'and walk to Boulogne and back before dinner. "'The café is decorated with holly, mistletoe, "'and flags of the Allies. "'I hear that Sir John French remarked at dinner that the war would be over by midsummer next year at the latest. I make a start with the animal experiments. I hope they give some tangible results. The results of investigation of the typhoid cases is proving very interesting. It looks as if the method of Browning, Mackey, and Self were going to eclipse all others. December 23rd and 24th. Nothing to report as the official war news is so fond of saying. December 25th, Christmas Day. I knock off at déjeuner time. Major H and Self go for a fairly long walk, returning for tea with Matron. Parry goes round the hospital, got up as Father Christmas. Ball and Baker and Hay are also in fancy dress. Excellent dinner. Madame produces turkey and Gill whines, looted in some mysterious way. The whole party, headed by the Colonel and Major Unwin, visit the sisters, who are feeding in an adjoining room. There are speeches in honour of Colonel Penton, who is leaving on the 28th to go to Nice. Thomas returns tonight. December 26th. I settle down to work again. Alcock has returned from Paris, and discusses whether to form a lab at the stationery or take another room next to us. Captain Clark returns this afternoon. December twenty seventh, Alcock decides to found a lab of his own. Harrison is unable to find out just where he comes in. He will probably ask for a pronouncement from the Assistant Director of Medical Services. Colonel Carr, our new CO, comes round. I defer judgment. I'm very sorry to lose Colonel Penton, who is one of the best. December 28th Major Harrison has been experimenting on the treatment of cases with anaerobic infection by means of lactic acid. The results are apparently very good. One case regarded as hopeless being distinctly better off, and another very bad one also much improved. I hope it proves a success as it may mean a lot to the Major who deserves any luck he may get. There is a concert in the casino this afternoon, given by Seymour Hicks, Ben Davis, Ellaline Terrace, and others. It was a very good show and much appreciated by the patients and others. The flowers were in, bloom,
1: and all nature seemed. At rest. In a little scented bower, neath the perfume of the flower, a maiden sat with one she loved the best. As they sang the songs of love, from the arbor up above, came a bee that lit upon the vine. As it sipped the honey dew, they both promised to be true. Then he whispered to her words she thought divine. You are my honey, honeysuckle, I am the bee. I'd like to sip the honey sweet from those red lips you see. I love you dearly, dearly, and I want you to love me. You are my honey, honey.
0: December 29th. The lactic acid treatment still shows great promise. Major H and self knock off after tea and walk into Boulogne, where he interviews Sir A. Bowlby and interests him in the matter. On our return, I learn with great regret that the Major is being sent to take command of the venereal hospital at Havre. Major H, while pleased at the recognition of the fact that he is the man in the Corps for the job, is very sorry to leave the laboratory, which he has collected with such trouble. Captain Delacour goes on leave and Captain Clark returns from a trip near the front. Sir A. Bowby is quite impressed with the thigh-splint invented by the latter and there's even been a notice in the Daily Telegraph on the subject. December 30th. Major H obtains leave to defer his departure till Friday, January 1st. I visit Alcock's place at the stationery. It is a nice warm room, but not up to ours. I wonder whether Tytler will stick to me or go with Alcock. The latter was very anxious to have him, but Tytler seems to prefer to remain where he is. December thirty-first, New Year's Eve. I have mince pies and plum pudding, which had been sent from home. We have a pleasant little dinner party, which increases one's regret at its impending break-up. I see the New Year in very quietly. January first, 1915. There is a meeting of officers today to decide about the mess. The hotel and adjoining house are to be rented a committee is formed, with Major Unwin as mess-president. I think the idea is good in the main, but I anticipate small troubles. I hear that the Red Cross men are to depart soon. I hope this isn't true, as the departure of Gill would be a crowning misfortune. I feel positively bereaved, and wander about the lab in a lost manner. I regard my association with him as a distinct event in my education. I think that Tytler may be inclined to collaborate in the anaerobe work. There was torrential rain tonight. January 2nd to January 5th. Nothing of moment to record. The arrangements for the mess are proceeding. We expect to enter by January 11th. January 6th. Today I apply for a captaincy in view of being the pathologist to other hospitals, as well as to Number 14 General. The Colonel promises his support. Colonel Sir Bertram Dawson suggested that I should, so he may also help. If the War Office refuses to recognise me as a specialist, it may be much easier to get up to the front some day. Colonel Carr has been promoted to full Colonel, though this has not yet been made public. This probably means that he will leave us. Major Blake Knox, whom Harrison is relieving, arrives today. I walk into Boulogne. The waves were breaking over the road at one point. January the 7th. The work is still very slack. The mess project is nearing its consummation. I expect we will enter on Monday. I hear that a hundred thousand men have been sent up to the front, during the past fortnight. They are possibly only gathering for an advance in the spring, but there may be some more immediate move in prospect. January the 8th, a very windy day. I hear that Ware and bliss of the Red Cross are going home next week. Gill and Dixon Smith may stay on with commissions. Gill won't accept anything less than a captaincy which on account of his age he may easily get. I have a long discussion with Alcock on diphtheria, without being able to agree. I hear that Major Blake Knox is likely to be our new CO.